Today's case will suit if you are a retiree or if you are really reaching retirement in the next few years ahead. And let's dive onto it right away. I like to plan for both my husband and I as a couple together. My husband, aged 66, retired 11 years ago but took another job as a low-pay delivery driver. I'm a real estate salesperson, age 62 coming. We have no children. My mom's age 86 in good health. I support in her financial needs. Potentially, my aunt, age 76, may need my help too. Both my mom and aunt has HDB flat and it's rented out. Now, room rental is really viable because right now the market is hot. It's actually not too difficult to find good tenants, profiles that you like, people that you are happy to stay with. And in this instance, I think they've done the right thing to bring in additional income. Because if there's no financial constraints and stuff, I think there's no need to rent our room. But quite clearly, they needed this income and we'll touch on a bit more down the way. And I've actually uh, visited one of my previous staff. She's quite old already. This is just a quick snapshot. She's renting out a room also, and I think it's going to help her uh, bring in more retirement income. So especially if you are elderly, staying with someone isn't that scary or difficult. That income will definitely help you pay medical bills and remove away that financial stress. So I'm very supportive of renting out rooms at least. Then the other thing to consider is how about HDB reverse mortgage? Now, news has actually mentioned before that Many seniors are monetizing their flats to boost retirement income and this is via the lease buyback scheme that HDB actually has. It's not as scary as it seems. Go down to HDB, visit an officer and they'll show you how much you can monetize. There are actually a few packages that you can choose from. So find one that fits you and in this instance, they don't have children. Monetizing it actually makes a bit of sense and we'll touch on again in a quick while. I've done my own financial planning worksheets with assets categorized and a rough yearly retirement plan come with inflation. I'm not trained, so not sure if I'm planning it correct and not good in knowing how to deploy money into investments as well. Now, this is a very good point, actually. Have a retirement or financial planning worksheet. Even if you are retired, you need to manage your budgets also. So don't think that you have cash flows and stuff, uh, you're fine. Uh, it's actually a very important period to keep control of your expenses, know how much outflow is. And as you can see in the case later, if there's a depletion of your funds, there is a bit more fear. If you know your inflows are matching your outflows, you can go holiday in peace. So very important, manage your budget, especially in retirement. Then the other part about not knowing how to deploy monies into investments. I think in her instance, she's working as a real estate salesperson. Since real estate has some affinity with her, deploying more towards real estate is actually how I would pursue if I were her. For my case, I'm very well versed in accounting and numbers. That's why I do a lot of stock investments. But for her case, it's actually okay to not have too many financial assets. On the other hand, if you don't know too much about real estate, you don't know too much about stocks and uh, financial instruments, then baby being neutral and having some of everything uh, makes a bit more sense. Let's read on further. My husband likes to retire anytime from now. Me not so aggressive, but remain serving my existing clients. So like to know if you are able to help people in my age group plan. 
Now this portion that husband likes to retire anytime soon, I have also a question. Previously he was retired right, age 55, then came out of retirement to do some freelance or part-time-ish job. Is it out of boredom or out of necessity? Because if it's out of necessity, I think that's because expenses are bigger than inflows. That's that fear. Then the other thing about her still happy to serve existing clients, I think in real estate sales or insurance sales, the good part is you can actually do in retirement also. As long as you have clients, you can still service them and earn recurring income. For her, I guess she has some elderly folks, friends, and she can just rent out their houses and earn some income from there. So it's also good to have you know, like a semi-retirement kind of a job that's freelance-based in real estate or in insurance. These are further details. Husband and wife are both Singaporeans, and in this year, husband has 158000 in retirement account. Wife, which is her, has 296000 in retirement account. That means she's been topping up either via her remaining OA and SA or topping up by cash. So that's her RA is probably at enhanced retirement sum. They've both got MediSafe account. They have some shoe plans. They have Elder Shoe, which is important. Elder Shoe covers you for disability needs, pays you a cash flow. If you're disabled, you get extra cash flow because you need med, you need medicine and stuff. Whereas shoe plan, that covers your hospital liabilities. OA and SA are too small and negligible. Maybe for a case, she's topped up to her retirement account. And the couple's yearly income is $85,000. That's actually not too bad. That's like $7,000 per month, correct? So later we'll discover deeper numbers. Next portion is on insurance. We'll come back to this. And let's lead next to the part of her income. Where are the sources from? The first is a self-occupied condo with current value of $1.5 million. Not too small, pretty good size. I think this is from her mom's and her auntie's room rental. Iskandar Properties, totaling $780,000. Total monthly rent income is $5,350, which equates to $64,000 per year. No outstanding loan. That's actually quite good, you know. In retirement, don't have loans. Loans make you have headaches. You need to repay them. You miss them. There's charges and stuff. Uh, you need to understand when we get to older age, a lot of numbers we can't really manage too well. So simplify equation, no loan. I'm very supportive of that. Which means also you are not forced to sell assets because of the pressure of paying off installments or loans. That means also that the active income works out to be about $21,000, which is $1,800 per month. At present, annual outgoing expenses are 100000 Ah, I think that is where the fear is coming in. Total income is 85000 Expenses is 100000 They are losing $15,000 a year or about $1,200 per month in terms of cash. So that's depletion. You know, if you have been in between work before, you know your bank account starts to drop. That fear starts to kick in, correct? In retirement, the problem is you're not going back to full employment. That drop could be permanent and that's why that fear is hard to overcome. This outflow consists of insurance premium $30,000, mom's expenses $20,000, personal expenses $17,000 only, home and properties $22,000, car $10,000. No debt again, car COEs until 2026. Luckily, uh, now COEs price is... <laughs> all-time high, 100 plus thousand for cat B. 
Uh, and also a case, 2026, they'll be three years older, may not be able to drive already. You know, when we reach the age of 65, we need to do yearly eye checkup to prove that we can still see things. Huh? So driving in old age, not too easy. May not need to renew their car CEO, so let's think about it down the years. But the part that I'm a bit stuck on is, wow, couple personal expenses of 17000 So many times we see, you know, fellow people say that we need $5,000 in retirement, $8,000 in retirement, etc., etc. I understand there's some inflation adjustment to things. But as you can hear from this couple, when you're old, you really don't need too much things around you. You're not going to drink alcohol. You're not going to pay a lot of income tax. You're not going to have a lot of very expensive holidays. You may not have the mood for all this really. So very simple life. So as we can see, 1003 for both. Uh, that kind of uh, lifestyle. But maybe that's also too frugal. Lah. There's a lot of things in life to enjoy, especially in old age. Now speaking about income as well as cost, there are a few components going out to insurance as well as the properties. That's why I've actually quizzed her a bit further. She mentioned that condo room rentals, 2650 also they're also renting out uh, the condo the one that they are living in hdb flat rental income 2007 i think both rooms from auntie and mom something like that iskanda condo currently vacant looking for tenant estimated 2600 ringgit which is about 800 sing dollars iskanda landed own use for holiday but actually finding distance us into a physical cleaning slave Mr. Lu, uh, I think you might need to face this hassle. Initial plan was to use JB's house for stay and then rent out Singapore properties for safe and high use. So I actually quizzed her on the Iskanda property as well as the Singapore properties a bit further. She's mentioned, I chose Iskanda in 2009 landed and 2012 condo. Also that's two. So that I can easily in and out for work. Safety concern is the first priority. I stayed there happily from 2011-2015. Wow. So it goes to show that living there is not as scary as it seems. Rented out Singapore condo to get 15% returns. Wow. Uh, I think this is on purchasing price. Now, many of us have this concern on REITs right now. Maybe this is a good time to bring it up. Because I've mentioned that I'm very favorable on REITs. I've poured some of my capital towards REITs also recently. Now, Capital DC REIT 10 years ago did an IPO at 93 cents. You can go and check it out. Which means also, if you have bought the IPO, held it all the way throughout, at today's 10 cents dividends per share, you actually be getting more than 10% in yield if you have bought it from IPO. So again, let compounding take its effects. If the rent income, or in this case, dividends per unit increase, over time, you'll be rewarded hugely for dividend investing. Reading on further, she came back to Singapore to stay because of because of terrible traffic jam. Take note again, <laughs> that can happen. Maybe at Causeway also. At the same time, Singapore condo tenant requested to allow them to remain. They will just be happy to take one room and become room tenants. So she's also unsure to keep the, to the plan to retire in JB or to sell off and rent any part of Malaysia or nearby countries. The JB condo with direct bus service to Singapore is intended for my mom and aunt to stay and rent out their three-room HDB flat to make their living. But now they are not too ready for this idea. So they are also thinking whether they should dispose of these properties one day or not. You know, old folks, they are hard to change. My own mom was like, 
can't change. So I, I came to realize that asking them to move, it's always hard. Uh, we children, we are from different generation. We might think, hey, that's the most optimal way. What? But don't go that path of uh, trying to change old folks too much. Sometimes the convenience, sometimes the familiarity is important. It helps in their mental health also. If they move to a new place, they're isolated. They don't like the new environment. They hold they stay at home. You realize mentally, they start to deteriorate very fast. So if an old folk is healthy, happy, in a current place, don't move out. I think that's, that's also what I'm trying to hint. And the next part is on insurance premiums. ILP, investment link plan, 3500 per year. Life insurance, 10500 per year. That's a lot. I'll be interested to know when they complete premiums because that's very important. A lot of plans, they have a finite premium payment period. So know that. Do your Excel sheet properly so you know when that cost drops off. It gives you a lot more assurance. In any case, when you buy whole life plans, I always suggest compress the premium. Don't drag it for a lifetime. Don't drag it for 25 years even. You realize it's very ineffective. You must buy term plan ready. The whole idea is you prepay it, remove it from books, and next time you just enjoy the benefits of it fully paid. And if you remember, just now there was this segment whereby I mentioned we will come back to it. And let's read on together. Couple total life insurance value $513,000. Investment $73,000, yield of 5%. Is it REITs, banks, or Unitrust funds in high yield bonds? Not too sure. $17,000 of poor return stock. FD of $70,000, cash of $20,000. Maybe I'll take a pause over there. That means FD and cash $90,000. Not too bad actually. I've mentioned before, in retirement age, you might need to keep more emergency cash savings than when you're young. When you're young, you can be aggressive. Keep six months or do, especially if your job is stable. But for their case, they are elderly already, which means income sources, uh, you can't replace it too easily. You can't go back to find work too quickly. That's why 18 months of expenses is what I usually suggest for people who are elderly in retirement years or going to retire. And I think they've achieved that 90000 inside the bank account already. But let's touch on the 513,000 total life insurance value. If that's the case, that's pretty good. Some you know, sources whereby they can cash out pretty easily. As we have heard, they don't have children, which means this life insurance value has very little meaning for living behind as legacy. Some of the components could be in critical illness. I hope there is. But as always, I've mentioned before, in retirement, the critical illness component does not have a lot of value. Critical illness in coverage, in my approach, is always to cover loss of income. You can't work due to cancer, you want to pay out, you take early retirement. In retirement already, there is no need for early payout lump sum. Yes, there is reasons such as our alternative treatment and stuff, I get that. But the bulk of the medical bills that are not voluntary is covered by your shield plan. Mentioned here, investment link ILP insurance monthly payout $700 to husband, H. 70 to 85, 15 years, final dividend of $66,000. The wife will also get monthly $700 from 65 to 80, also 15 years, final dividend of $63,000. I quizzed her a bit on this plan, and it's actually a company's retirement saver plan. And from my understanding, that's actually not an investment link plan. Investment link plans have no guarantee. It's fully invested into funds that you choose. So this should be categorized as an endowment plan. And in this instance, 
we would realize that the payout will take three more years to come, correct? You know, the proper planning process is we have stages of cash flows coming in rather than have everything coming out three years together. That would be not too helpful, especially now that they are negative in cash flow, like what I've learned so far. And then the next part is there's a final dividend of $66,000 and $63,000. And there's no dependence to leave it to, correct? So how I like to plan typically at the start, not a bit too late, is at the start of the process, understand what you buy this plan for. If you don't have dependence, leave it, decumulate it fully. There are plans which don't have a final dividend and they are able to pay you more per month. Uh, those are the plans that will fit your situation better. So purchase those at the start rather than now there's this block of $66,000 that will come in at 80 and 85, which does not have a lot of purpose. By then you get a lump sum, you've you know, been too frugal for the last 15 years, it's very uh, not optimal. And as always, if you are looking for financial advice, how to plan out your retirement, what plans to acquire, some plans you don't like, you like a second opinion, how to revise it. These are things I cover in a full retirement planning basis. I look at investments, I look at insurance, I look at CPF. If you are currently working and earning high income, I'll also show you what you can optimize in terms of the various schemes in Singapore like CPF and SRS. And as always, if you like a fee-based approach, let me know in the links below. I can be reached from there. Back to the story. That means also the investment link plan of 3,500 may be a different plan that's not yet mentioned. This should be categorized as life insurance because endowment is under life insurance. But all in all, I think they have some plans and it's good to know that they have value that they can cash out because this leads to the next question. Is it practical or is it okay, possible for them to retire anytime from now? They are assuming they, they need to survive until 90 to 95, taking account all this inflation into their retirement equation. Second question, any problem if delay to start the CPF life payout each until they reach the age of 70? I'll take a pause over here because these two questions relate to each other in some ways. I guess the fear that you are facing right now, the cash pile is dropping. If you weren't dropping, there wouldn't be that pressure. Your expenses are 100000 your total income is $85,000 per year. And if stop work, then that drops down to 60000 and the gap becomes very big. That's why that fear. Medical costs may even step up as you guys age. So the biggest fear is your cash power is dropping. That's why the first thing I was thinking also is on hindsight, topping up to retirement account, that $296,000 when you mentioned at the start, maybe it wasn't such a good idea after all. Because, you know, when you keep the money in special account or ordinary account, there's also real return to it and it's still liquid once you have full retirement sum. This also relates to a common question I've seen on the channel. Should one transfer special account to retirement account for enhanced retirement sum? Only do that process if your special account is not needed for day-to-day -day needs because it's one direction only. You really have other sources. You pump it to RA to get enhanced retirement sum so that you have that cash flow coming in. If you may need it, then you are better off keeping it in special account. I hope that answers that question also. That leads me to think, you are better off not delaying your payouts of CPF life until age of 70. You might really need it at 65 for your case, which is in three years time. This compresses the problem to only three years. Can you survive this three years until that payout starts to come in, make sense? And three years later, do know also that the endowment plans we should purchase, the two of them, 700, 700, 
they will start to pay out which means your problem after three years time is really going to be resolved by quite a lot of sources so the thing is survive this three years there's no need to compound monies in cpf life further i don't think that helps your equation too much the key problem is not 15 20 years later the key problem is the next three years prioritize that question number three as a couple with no children do you think it's wise to materialize the assets to support the living costs when shortfall in cash i've noted on the shortfall in cash what would you advise the sequence to let go investment life insurance rental income properties or property downsize i think as a couple with no children you may not need to leave too much behind 1.5 million dollars private property there's still hdb there's still malaysian property there's still insurance plans if both of you guys suddenly pass away there's a lot left behind and that's not your key worry actually so that's why i'm in favor of monetizing some of these assets that's why i'm leaning towards doing reverse mortgage on your condo there are methods right now that banks actually provide now the main part is this if you sell your current condo and you want to downgrade to hdb to cash out some amounts you might need to look at four room and below that's because of the 15 month cooling period that you probably already know working in the real estate agency property downsize is the hardest too many moves you need to move out of the house even and rental income might start to drop your equation will change i think this option is only useful if you are thinking super long term you want a new renovation at a new place and then yes you bite out this 15 months maybe move to your mom's place or something i would instead prefer to sell the jb properties i don't think ringgit is going anywhere north you know recently there are more bad news of iskandar properties coming out on the market i think sentiment is going to stay weak for a very very long time but if you really see it as a retirement home you think it still makes sense or the losses are just too big you don't want to take that option what i'll suggest is let go of investments if market is bullish if it's not like what you have said uh, it's not performing too well then it's actually okay to let go of some of the life insurance not the one that's going to pay you out several per month other life insurance plans that you may have they have cash values things like whole life plans because those you only get a cash value when you surrender a plan look for a qualified advisor decide which ones to cash in when you don't see the purpose of that coverage any further hopefully i've touched on several important points also for you listening in if you have questions on this case leave in the comment sections if you have benefited smash on subscribe to learn more on retirement planning and how you can actually understand finances in singapore and thank you for watching right to the very end we've done sign up from here and see you in a future video if you haven't seen either of these let me invite you there and i'll sign up from here take care as always goodbye